Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucksters? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. Closing in on the 900th episode. Closing in on the evacuation of the garage. I, I don't know if that's the right word. Closing in on the the transition. That's it. The transition to the new garage. To the garage with a bathroom. Yeah, but it's a slow go. It's a slow burn. It's a slow process because uh, I have the time. I've given myself the time. I, I moved my entire house to the new house, uh, you know, a few boxes at a time. Just uh, not freaking out, going through stuff. Uh, you, you know, well, the big stuff I, I got some help with, but I unloaded a lot of the big stuff. But it, if you can do it that way, which I guess most people can't, uh, it's really the way to do it. Just, you know, take a couple of months and just chip away. And that's sort of what's happening here in the garage. I'm just starting to box some stuff up. I'm doing some recording while I do it. And uh, I'm having emotional reactions to uh, everything that I put in the boxes. Some stuff, some stuff is going. Some stuff is out. But it's been exciting. It's been exciting doing all the work on the house that I should have done while I was living in it for my own happiness, for whoever gets it. Right? Unless at the last minute I'm like, I can't do it. Today is Monday. And today on the show is um, Ted Danson is here. Ted Danson, who I, you know, honestly, my first real recollection of Ted Danson, right now he's in that uh, NBC show called The Good Place, and they just uh, finished up their second season. You can watch episodes on demand and catch up with season one on Netflix if, uh, if you like. But my first recollection of Ted Danson was in the movie Body Heat, Larry Kasdan's film noir with William Hurt and Richard Crenna and, um, and Ted Danson plays the fucking dancing DA. And, you know, I remember seeing him in that movie just thinking, like, who is that guy? And I love William Hurt. And Danson, like, just, you know, just was right, just kind of held his own, man. And and I and then later, obviously, he went on to Cheers and everything else. But he was a great film actor. In that movie, he was tremendous. And I'm going to talk to him about that. Oh, yeah, I wanted to read this email because this I found this to be provocative to me because it... it it was it, the guy is right. The guy is right. High school theater subject line. Hey, Mark, M A R K. It's fine. It's fine. 
I'm a retired high school drama teacher, and I have to say that as I catch up on the podcast, something that you've been saying is really bothering me. You have been verbally cringing with a number of guests about performing in high school plays. I think that memory and photos and even videos do not begin to capture the experience of either the performers or the audience of a good production. The actual theater experience involves imaginative work from the audience voluntarily suspending disbelief and participating in the event. The physical factors, crap beards, dodgy costumes, sets, etc., that make the pictures of productions look so bad are precisely the things we ignore when caught up in theater when it is working. So don't put down your work as a student actor. It might have been good after all. It might have been my best work, buddy. But uh, he says, or I'm full of shit and my work life was self-delusion and sadness. Thanks for reading this, Greg. I think that Greg makes a good point, and I'm glad it turned around there at the end because I thought he said I was condescending to high school productions. Maybe I have been a little bit, but having been in one or two, uh, you know, and those memories of that, like what were we getting away with? Well, really the objective is to to tell the story and enable uh, the audience of whatever age or whatever their judgment is to to engage in the story. Uh, I think a lot of times when you're in high school productions, the parents are like, oh, look, they're so cute. But but I do not think it is impossible or or in any way um, a, a long shot that, you know, high school productions can be tremendous. You know, it's about getting into those characters and getting that story out there. I've been thinking a lot about actors lately. I've been thinking a lot about the profession itself. I've been thinking about the the natural, if somebody has a natural capacity to uh, to engage their vulnerability and their humanity within a character, um, that, that is, uh, that's the gift. That's the gift. Whatever the character is, it's really what's important is being present, being vulnerable, and being, uh, and being you know, sort of human in those roles, not stiff in any way. I'm going to talk to David Mamet later this week a little bit about that and about some other stuff. But but nonetheless, these are the things that's kicking around my brain, folks. This is it. This is it. There's always a lot going on in my mind, and there is a bit going on around here in terms of transitions and repairs and, and moving and grief in the sense of um, moving on. But... Uh, I'm okay. I ate three candy bars last night. That's a, that's a red flag. Someone keeps bringing boxes of candy bars to the comedy store and putting them in the back for everybody. And, you know, when I, if I'm running around, I did four sets the other night in the building. Why not slam a Snickers? Why not slam a Butterfinger, even if that wasn't your candy bar? I didn't even have a candy bar. My mom did not, made me so afraid of chocolate and sugar. There was no fucking way I was going to eat a candy bar. Then I had a Rice Krispies treat. My neighbor, when I was growing up, Gary, his dad had vending machines, so there was candy bars in his garage. Do you remember a candy bar? Am I making it up? I think it was a. It was called Seven Up. It had nothing to do with the soda, but it had seven sections, and each section was a different type of candy bar, like different type of filling. Is that right? Was it called Seven Something? Does it, am I making this up? Let me know. Let me know, please, people. Because this is how I learn things. All right, so Ted Danson. Uh, this was a very exciting thing to me. He's a very pleasant guy, and I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed talking to him. Hung out, never met him before. Almost met him on the red carpet at the SAG Awards, but I instead took a picture of the back of his head and um, posted it on Instagram because I'm an immature idiot. But this is me and Ted Danson doing the thing. 
doing the talking to each other. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Thing. Oh, that was Siri? Do you engage Siri? Uh, I'll do wake-up calls with Siri. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'll say, wake me in a half hour. Oh, does that work? Nap. Yeah, and it really does. You can just do that? Yeah. See, there's so many things I don't know about anything, about my phone. You, and there's no me, way... Do you, are you, you're not addicted then? No, I can't stop looking at the news and hurting myself, but I mean, uh, I'm addicted in the sense that I need to update constantly on what's happening in the world, but in terms of actually using it as something you know, as a tool yeah you, they, you never know that stuff until you just told me i wouldn't have thought to do it but why not do it as opposed to set the clock with my fingers until someone teaches you anything you don't know how to use anything there's no manual for this shit and these things are so much smarter than us all of them that you don't know until someone goes oh you can just do that one thing and you're like oh, i was doing nine things i didn't know i i, I was always that way if i if a model airplane or yeah. something if yeah. you had to read the instructions then yeah. I, I was out yeah you know? I, well, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel that way too. IKEA furniture is a big challenge. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> going to IKEA is a big challenge. Exhausting, dude. Exhausting. Home Depot, terrible, yeah. terrible. Do you do that still, or have you got people? Uh, <laughs> I actually see. I love going shopping. I yeah. have, I have tons of people, but I love going shopping. <laughs> yeah, I love going to the supermarket. Yeah, I me love too. Going supermarket. to hardware store. Hardware store is good the best yeah, yeah hardware store supermarket's fine home depot it's a whole yeah. other animal yeah. it's not you can't find anything uh you, you, if you're there for a small item it's a terrible experience and you realize just how much you don't know about construction and how things are made yeah so santa monica is where you drove from yes yes rustic canyon oh uh, yeah we just do you know that area i don't god it's like it's below will rogers uh park below the palisades and it's I, had I don't rivers go out there. down there yeah it's, they have redwoods we have trees all over the place is it new you? do you just got it you just moved there or you've been uh, there a while no we've been there two or three years now and you, it, it's just a complete wilderness feels that way you don't feel like you're in la you feel like you're in northern california oh that's great like big LA sur style yeah la style big sur and, and why? Why do you, I guess you got to stay here for business? But how long? How long have you been out here? You've been kids, out here. Kids. We have kids. How many kids? And from grandkids. You have grandkids now. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's what keeps you here. And work. Right. Yeah. Do you have another place in another state? Yeah. Where's that? Uh, back east, Martha's Vineyard. Oh, so you go there too? Yeah. Martha's yeah. Vineyard. That's nice. We got married there. 
You and Mary? Me and my wife, Mary Steenburgen. The actress. Yeah. The actress. I saw you very I saw you at the SAG Awards. I didn't introduce myself. I was literally right behind you on the line. And I, it was the first photo I took and Instagrammed was the back of your head. <laughs> and I bet you you didn't have to put my name. I, I get recognized in airports well, walking so, away from people. I thought that was the uh, that was what was great about it, is that it was clearly there's no mistaking <laughs> the back of your head. <laughs> <laughs> so, I literally will walk by and, uh, and it's people in an airport and they'll go, is that? Then then they'll walk past me and I realize they're looking yeah. at my bald spot. They're going, yeah, that's him. <laughs> it's not the bald spot. It's the shape of your head. And oh, you're also nine feet tall. I mean, they're not going like, that's the bald head dancing. They're saying that head is a signature head. But why only from behind? Well, you I have a certain hairstyle. I don't, I don't think so because you've spent your life trying to avoid people seeing that, right? By being tall. Right, but so yeah. they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what people, when I, when I posted it, they're like, Ted's going to be mad at you because it's a bald spot. I'm like, no, he's not. It's about his head. It's, that's my signature. <laughs> but you're keeping it up front. So, so the, the rest of it is the world's problem. How many kids do you have? We, I have two. Mary has two. So we have four together and then three grandkids. Four together, but not together. Correct. Right. Sorry, Both yeah. from previous marriages. Joined together, we have four kids. And how many grandkids? Three. That's exciting. Oh, it, and it is. And they're all here? They're all in, yes. Around? Around, yeah. And show business, the kids? Um, uh, I'm trying to figure out in my uh, sleepy state. Forgive me. I it's got all right. up at three this morning for some crazy Do you want reason. You want that? There's water there for you. Yeah, I, would, I, uh, I would have offered you coffee, but I don't have the capacity no. anymore. There's nothing in my house. No. This is Three crazy. in the morning you woke up? That's me swallowing. Um, it was very good. Well done. A lot of craft. I did. I did. I made coffee, so I'm, you know, you the didn't coffee's try to, wearing off. You didn't I, try to go back to sleep? No. No. Is, I, I, I'm, I I'm, once up. I'm up, I'm up. Really? That, yeah, it's nasty. I woke, I wake up earlier now, too. It drives me nuts. Yeah. But not th three's rough, because it's no, still No, three dark. was crazy. And for no reason. You're no just reason. up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what was the question? Show business, kids in show business. Yeah, and I was trying to figure out how much they, they're not crazy about it when I talk about them oh, all okay. that much. But no, but let me go. We have, uh, you know, like Charlie McDowell yeah. uh, is a director. Oh yeah, uh, I saw him at a party. Director. I did not introduce yeah. myself. You don't introduce yourself to many people, do you? Or no, I do. My family, I do. Uh, you, you know, like um, I, I don't know what to say all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes oh, that's my life. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I, like, I, like I didn't know we were going to talk when I saw you at the thing the other day. And, you know, if I introduce myself, there's always the risk because, you know, I'm there on the red carpet, but who am I really? It's my own insecurity. I, you know, I'm going to go, hi, Ted Dance, I'm Mark Maron. You're like, nice to meet you. You're not going to take the time to go, who are you? What do you do? Are you with this? Are you, you know what I mean? I might have given you my generic, hey. <laughs> <laughs> well rehearsed the, with the slight like yeah, means, slight re recognition almost it means it. everything <laughs> hey <laughs> makes people feel good it's familiar and it's, clearly i know you right i wouldn't have given yeah, you that yeah, hey. of course yeah very polished and i'm glad that you yeah that's the thing but the mcdowell kid i saw at a party with his his father who i would have liked to introduce myself to but I, again malcolm mcdowell what am i going to say to him um Good job. Hey, yeah, good job. <laughs> Unbelievable. Man, he was he was at the center of kind of yeah. the British film when it made that amazing turn. Oh, lucky, yeah. was it? Oh, lucky man. Oh, lucky man. And uh, if, Clockwork Orange. Clockwork if. Orange, yeah. And then like there's a long, you know, that, like he, that's what he's recognized for, for his life. 
he's going to be the guy from Clockwork Orange. Yeah, he's doing a lot of work though. He's nonstop. No, no, he's great. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. no, you're right. Well, that is well, that's historic. but that's the interesting about you, man. I mean, you could have you could have been say I'm alone for the rest of your life, but you're Ted dancing. That's not easy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I was lucky. I was lucky in that I found I was lucky enough to be on really good writers. Yeah. And if the writers make a story that's compelling and a character sure. that's interesting, then you can get out of that typecast place you were. Can I guess so. You think that's what it is? I, I mean, it, I think okay. it depends what, what people's relationship is with that character. And although that relationship was, you know, your rela- like, I would imagine it's, it's, it's uh, like for the other guys, for the secondary characters on that show, the guys at the bar. Right. Like they're always going to be those guys, you know. So Went and the and the postman guy, right? Right, John. Yeah, yeah. like they, you know, they, you're never going to disconnect them. But for some reason, though, you were the center of that thing. You've become Ted Danson. Well, a little bit because my character's job, my job as an actor, was to let the audience in. I right. wasn't supposed to. be. You were the portal. Yeah, I right. was the portal, and not the crazy zany. I was you were a little the, more sane. You were the code. You were the codependent at the center of the whole thing. Yes, my job was to love everyone else and their craziness. What a job! Yeah, no, it's great because I truly do love them. They were astounding. Yeah, such a funny show. Yeah. Obviously, I, uh, I've not. I don't. I don't think I've talked to any of the other people from that show. But there's a weird thing about that show in me about Cheers is that when I was in college in Boston, I went to that bar. My freshman year, like, what time? When did Cheers start? The Bull and 82? Finch. You went to yeah. the Bull and 82 Finch. was yeah. it? The yes, beginning? 82. So, like, 81, my freshman year of college, we were just in Boston, me and this kid, Renee, and we went to that, that place. And uh, Rhea Perlman and Danny DeVito were in the bar that no, night, really? like, looking at it, scouting it, because I guess it had been written or pitched, and, you know, she was going to be in it. I don't know what their involvement was, but we were there the night that they were there sitting wow. there looking at it. That's that's true. That's a true story because they did that. They, they did it right. Yeah, and you saw them. That's I amazing. did. It was crazy because like I didn't know anything. I was like, "That's Danny DeVito," you know, from yeah, you yeah. Know, from uh, probably Cuckoo's Nest. Was my point of re- I have a weird point of reference with him. I, I thought he was amazing in Cuckoo's Unbelievable. Nest as Martini. Yeah, <laughs> just sitting there putting things in his mouth and like it was great. So where did you come from? Where did I come from? I came from how far back are we going? I, All the way I, Arizona. Really, well, I, I came from. From San Diego. You were born in San Diego? Yeah. So you're a California uh, guy. California, well, right after the Navy war's over guy. So then we- What, your dad? My dad was in the Navy. And so and then we went to Colorado. Then uh, he was an archaeologist, anthropologist, my daddy. For the Navy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? By the way, if I, if I had gotten a full eight hours sleep, I wouldn't be any quicker. This is- this is I'm what keeping you. Got you I'll right keep here. you on top of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's an anthropologist before he went into the navy, and then he continued his anthropology. Correct. Started teaching in Tucson, then University of Arizona. Yeah, yep. So I like Tucson. It is. It's Did a, you actually like, the pretty much the coolest city in? Uh, so you were a kid in Tucson until I was about eight. Then we went to Flagstaff, Arizona. Not so cool. Uh, a little, little lean. Uh, lean, yeah. <laughs> now supposedly different because of the uh, university up there is like taking off. Oh, really? But I was outside the city. I grew up uh, three and a half, four miles outside of Flagstaff. Uh, my father was the director of the museum and the research center, but yeah. it was a big deal. Yeah, uh, because you go from thirteen thousand feet on the top of yeah. the San Francisco peaks all the way down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. So every 
geology in the world oh, goes right. there. Paleontology, sure, you know, everything, sure. geology, yeah, archaeology. It's an amazing resource. <laughs> and it was also dedicated to the Hopi, Navajo, Zuni, and Pueblo Indians. And, right. In that they wanted to stimulate their culture and make sure that it didn't go away, the arts and the crafts. So my best buddies growing up were all Hopi, Navajo, and ranchers. Sons really? and daughters. Yeah, literally. I mean, it was like jump on a horse and come back at night kind of growing up. You, you, you rode horses? Yeah, it was actually really genuinely cool. That's amazing. Yeah. And did you like, did, were you, were you taken in, in terms of, uh, as family or friends with, with, uh, the indigenous people? I mean, did yeah. you have an experience with that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, that's such uh, a unique experience. That nobody... It is. Especially the, well, the Hopi is what I knew more. My friend Raymond yeah. Coyne, uh, the Hopi, uh, live basically on three mesas uh-huh. uh, up in northern Arizona, and they've lived there forever. Yeah, they never went to war with the United States, so they're they never got moved anywhere. Oh, and, really? Yeah. So, so it's not it's not a reservation by virtue of being moved. Correct. It's correct. A, it's probably a reservation, but it was always there. And one of the oldest, the oldest inhabited village in the country yeah. is in Walpi, is in the Hopi. Uh, Mesas, and, and you've you've been up there, yeah. And so I would go. I, you know, if you could read a book about yeah. the Hopi, and probably right. no more than I do. But my best friends and I played in and out of the plazas uh-huh. where the kachinas would dance, and you know. Oh was, yeah, it was really amazing. It's it is amazing to have a little bit. I grew up in uh, northern New Mexico. I grew up in Albuquerque. Oh, well, there so, you go. Well, I mean, but I mean, uh, I have that. I didn't have uh, friends that were you know lived in on the reservation or right. were Indians. But, you had but the Pueblos. Yeah, but the culture was there. Yeah. You know, like you go to the yeah. state fair, you go to Indian yeah. village, you yeah. eat the fried bread, you see the dance, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I think that's a very limited experience. I can't really call myself as a, you know, like yeah. I, I've had some experience with uh, the uh, indigenous people of the United States. I went to the state fair and ate the bread. And the Spanish. Yes. That's a very, yeah. And well, Albuquerque's. I don't know. I shouldn't call it tough, but it is. It, it, it is a little rough is. now. It has yeah. been. I, yeah. I don't know why. Do you shoot there ever? Uh, I visited Mary, who shot there. I've never shot there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I grew up, I didn't know better. I. I mean, but there was always there was always a sort of high violence rate. Yeah. But I, it was not. Homeless. I didn't, I didn't notice it. Yeah. I, well, that that came later. That came man. later. Yeah. I mean, I. You know, I. I was out years ago. You know, I. I, I don't have any. Real, How old are you? Fifty-four. My dad's there. He's still in New Mexico, yeah. but he seems to, I don't know. He's managing to somehow be off the grid and still in it. I don't in in Albuquerque <laughs> yeah, or nearby? He or? He's, he's, he's pretty yeah. much in Albuquerque yeah. by the mountains, but he, he lives in a, his own world and with, with a little bit of Fox TV added. Does he listen to you? Uh, it, he, I don't think he, he claims he can't figure out how to do it. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's a bit... How to let his son in. Yeah, exactly. It's been eight years, and you know, when I wrote a book, or, he, that got to him. But uh, but the podcast, not so much. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, you live with it. You know, if you got a dad that's weird, it's just the way it is. But your dad wasn't. It sounds like no. It sounds no, like he, he was wasn't. a he decent was... guy with a noble purpose. He was a good guy. Yeah. He was a, he was a good guy. He loved people. He loved being around people. He was. Did he go he on? was thoroughly embarrassing. I mean, you know, he yeah. was the guy who would tell his joke just a little bit louder in the restaurant, <laughs> yeah, hoping that the table next door would get in on it. <laughs> oh, and yeah. they would. Yeah. You know, good jokes. Didn't matter. They were just horribly embarrassing. Oh, know? so he liked bringing people in. Yes. He yeah. would buy, you know, if he yeah. didn't get two or three other tables enjoying his joke. Yeah, that's good. You know? Yeah, yeah. So he was a real uh, center of attention guy. He was. 
But but like, did he go on digs and stuff? Did you go yes. on digs and did yes, you... I did. That was the, very cool. Like in Tucson, yeah. there'd be the archaeological summer camp for the students up in the White Mountains uh-huh. Apache Reservation uh-huh. near Globe. And uh, yeah, I'd be four or five years old, and they let the little kids play in the trash heaps, uh-huh. the ancient trash heaps. Oh yeah, it's where you know they'd throw the pieces pots of ceramics. Yeah, six hundred years ago, they'd throw the broken pots away. Right, and if you, as soon as you found anything, though, if you found a bone, yeah. You know, or a piece of turquoise. Get out of the way, kid. You were out. <laughs> yeah, let, <laughs> let the pros in with the brooms yeah. and the dusters. Yeah. yeah. But you find little shards of pottery and stuff? Pottery, yeah. yeah. I, could, I was it's so exciting, good right? that I could spot, on horseback, I could spot turquoise beads riding without getting off. I God, your eyes down. were that good, huh? Yeah. And you knew where to look. Yeah. You know, anthills. You'd look at Oh, because they hills. do the digging? Yeah, they do the digging for you, and then you'd- Spot these little. Oh, I, that's a good trick yeah. for people that are into that. Yeah, the ant hills. If you they they've already done some of the work for you. But what? It sounds like you had a. You were like, you, were, were you riding bareback? Were yes. You, yeah. Come on. My father wouldn't let me ride with a saddle unless I was with another person. On my own, I had to ride bareback. Why? The fear is if you fall, you get hung up on a saddle and dragged and get really hurt. Oh. But if you fall uh, bareback, you, you break something and you're fine. Oh man. So so when was the last time? You got on, did you have to do any horse? Like, I don't remember I did, you in a movie where you had to ride a horse. Not really. I did. Uh, I did one uh, a movie called Cowboy, TV movie uh-huh. called Cowboy. Yeah, uh, I got to tear okay. ass around on a horse. Were you, but, did you impress everybody? <laughs> did it come uh, right back to you? Is it like riding a bike? A little bit. Yeah. The, I, the technique is like riding a bike. Your body, though, you know, is like no, up. get off, get off, <laughs> don't do this. <laughs> These days are over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And horses. If you have a great horse. Then you you're, have a chance of being a good rider, but if you have a bony, you know, poorly gated horse, you're just in trouble. I'm terrified of them. I went to yeah. a camp up in Pecos, where we were assigned Pecos, a horse. Pecos, yeah. New Mexico, yeah. it's pretty up there. Gorgeous, great, great fishing. Yeah, yeah, trout fishing, right? Yeah. In, the, in the in the river there, the Pecos River. But yeah, I I was assigned a horse and it bit me, and I, like I just can't stand them. Any, I can't. Yeah. I'm too scared, and they know it, and it's terrible. They do because they have the brain the size of a walnut, but intuition is it really a wazoo. walnut size? Yeah, little brain, but totally intuitive. Yeah, well, that's they're animals. So, yeah, right. Here comes Mark, who's terrified. Yeah, yeah, they know. Like cats, I have I have several cats, and uh, they all have different personalities, and they all sort of act in response in reaction to me. Yeah. Like I always wondered, like why do I get all these skittish weird cats? Never, I didn't blame myself for years. I, did. I just thought I had bad luck, and I'm yeah. like clearly making them all nervous. I'm feeling a little skittish, but not bad. I'm calming down. Yeah, I'm calming down. Well, it's yeah. like it was, you know, it was a, it's a long drive, and yeah. you don't know what you're getting into, and it feels odd. Like, why am I in this neighborhood? Yeah. What is this neighborhood? No, I was actually it? kind of excited. I was terrified that I didn't have uh, that I was going to be sleepy, tired, oh, uh, crazy brain. Uh, by the way, I listened to Richard uh, uh, Jenkins, Jenkins. Oh, who I who's just one of my favorite. Yeah, actors. yeah, um, yeah. He's something, huh? Yeah, my wife Mary worked with him on. Um, uh, stepbrothers oh yeah yeah and they were just great she's very with. funny in that movie that's yeah. a goofy movie i i like and he's he can do anything he can Literally. it seems like you as well can and i think that he can it seems like you know because i think about like the first time i saw you was in uh, body heat 
And yeah. I remembered it because I, you know, I was sort of a film, a uh, little bit nerdy in, in in high school. But like when Body Heat, I was a huge William Hurt fan. Came out yeah. uh, when and and Lawrence Kasdan, you know, is well, I, I I I don't know why I was into him, but we were excited about Body Heat when I was in high school. What was that like eighty? What eighty? Ooh, yeah, seventy nine. Yeah, yeah, about eighty. You're right. Yeah, and like you know, I was like, who's that guy? Yeah. Who's the dancing DA? DA. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not a dancer, but what we had was a writer's strike or somebody struck, some union struck. Oh, really? Struck. And what went from a two-week rehearsal became a two-month rehearsal, and uh-huh. we just kept rehearsing. Until the strike was over, and then we went and shot it. So you actually learned how to dance? Yeah, <laughs> Is that what I you're had saying? a choreographer who worked with me for two months. We'd go into parking lots and learn how to dance off car bumpers, or you know. It's whatever. interesting that it was a a decided, uh, you, you know, uh, character behavior. Oh, it was in, written in, in. No, in the script. You can literally take that script and that you auditioned with and go to the movie and conduct it like a score. Literally everything is in it. Huh. He he wrote it, rewrote it, he storyboarded the film so that we would shoot a half a master, a third of a close-up, because he just literally knew every shot that he knew. And he's a smarty. Yeah, he's really smart. Like he's sharp, you know, it was like, it was, it's a challenging thing to do a film noir in the in the modern world because so many of them fall flat. You know, yeah. when you think of contemporary film noirs or even, you know, post film noir time, you know, you get, you come up with Chinatown. It's always Chinatown, yeah. right? Yeah. So now you've got LA Confidential, Chinatown, and Body Heat, I think are solid. Yeah, for that for the For the uh, genre. But I, 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 there have been other ones. The music was amazing. In, in Body, Body Heat? Heat? I'm yeah. trying to remember. Yeah, I think it's it kind of dramatic. Williams. I think it was. I think it was. But, but how do you get into act? Do you have siblings? Uh, yes, I have a sister, Jan, who I just spoke to on the way here. Yeah. Uh, is she all right? She's good. What does she do? Uh, she's uh, married. She's very involved in the Episcopal Church. Oh, yeah. Uh, she, Which in... In the case of her church means she's working with migrant workers a lot and immigration issues and things like that in Wait, Arizona. Is that did you grow up Episcopal? I did. Yes. What is I was it? An a- acolyte? Yes. Is that what they're called? Yeah. What the does little, that mean? Is that the the guys that come out before the priest and light the candles? Oh, it's an acolyte in the, the Episcopal. I don't know anything about the yeah. Episcopal Church. Wait, where does that it's come a, from? It's a uh, well, I probably I don't know if this is accurate or well, just speculate joke, but yeah. it's like a watered down version of catholicism oh so it's, it's a very very next door oh rooted in catholicism church, it's the church of england oh, so right. the pope is not right the the, the guy and all. Yeah. i got it yeah. religious upbringing uh you know church every sunday oh yeah uh but it wasn't it wasn't something that we was preached at us, you know, right? Uh, but you weren't brought up terrified of hell. And, no, uh, no, it was very, it was very, uh, it was a happy place. And my some of my best friends went there and community so, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've talked to other, people but I also like that. was at the same time I was going to church every yeah. Sunday. I was going to the Hopi dances and watching people worship their gods yeah. the same way they had in the same place for the last five six hundred years, and it was very real. Yeah, so. My it was, it was never my way or the highway when it came to spirituality. And you 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 registered that at that age though you registered that. Like, I, this I don't is, think uh, like I am right now talking to you, but yeah, right. I mean it was. There this was, is how they worship. Yeah, and this is how we do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Much we had different. Mormons around and all of that. I felt a little sad <laughs> for the Mormons around. because They're, they were around in pockets. They had come <laughs> down from, they had drifted south of Utah. <laughs> they uh, ended up in southern New Mexico too, yeah, I think, in Silver yeah. City. And yeah, the Mormons are spreading out. I had a couple, handful of friends yeah. at an early age. I felt sad that that only Mormons got to go to heaven because that must have made him feel kind of bad playing with us. So I remember thinking, I'm, that Is must that, feel that, bad. That's in the book? That's in the Book of Mormon, uh, that only Mormons go to heaven? I think basically that's why they're so good with ancestry. Uh-huh. I shouldn't be saying they. I don't really know what I'm talking about. But no, I, they are great at ancestry sure, because they, I think they if got a, you- They got a hollowed out mountain with everybody's name in it. Because- if yeah. I marry, if I'm a Mormon, I yeah. marry non-Mormons, yeah. then it would be horrible if you, yeah. you would be saying to your bride that none of your parents are in heaven. Yeah, yeah. So, so you can retroactively get everybody in. Oh, that's it. That's what yeah. the, yeah. I, I know it's a, it's a, I, I go to Salt Lake to work sometimes and I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with the whole yeah. thing. They're, 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 they're generally pretty pleasant. Oh, and do amazingly <laughs> good yeah. deeds yeah. out in the world. Yeah. I mean, they put their actions. Sure. Know, Sure. Yeah, they 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 tend to to go a little Republican, but you know what are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, how do you get into acting? Uh, so I go to oh, so um, my sister goes away. This is in Arizona, and we didn't have great school yeah. systems at that point. And I was a lazy student. My sister was going away to Wellesley. Oh, that's my a good school. Rancher, yes, my rancher friends who had been homeschooled. We were then being sent away to school, and I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, don't yeah, leave me behind. <laughs> and so it was my idea, but at age 13, I was sent away or got to go away yeah. to Kent School for Boys, which was an Episcopal church school. Where? In Kent, Connecticut. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a big shift. It was. Like, it that's was. like little outfits? Uh, kids who didn't have a horse experience. Yeah, kids who or, didn't have or, or they had experience. very expensive horses that knew how to jump. <laughs> oh, they had those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was always oh, a full range, huh? Mostly really rich kids, or what? No, you know what? It was really interesting. You paid how much you could pay. It was yeah. on a sliding scale. So you had kids from the inner city. You had the son of the head of Ford Motor Company. You know, you, yeah. It was a huge range. Of yeah. People. And so what, what What was it? And you were 13? I was 13. That's a pretty pivotal time. All yeah. boys? All boys. It's a miracle. You're looking at a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> After an all boys school, it's- uh, But you sought it out. Yeah, I did. You, you wanted to get out because your friends were leaving. And you, I just you, thought it sounded adventuresome. I got to get on a, the Santa Fe Super Chief and- Oh, you took the train all the way yeah, across? all the way across. Oh, that's it, exciting. Because it snowing so much in the winter yeah. that it was easier to do that. Though. By yourself, you went on the train? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. at 13? Oh, it was amazing. Steward took care of you? Yeah. Kept an eye out? Or you'd go to the dining room. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I guess I was 14 when it started. That's it. It's great. You'd end up in, you'd go to Chicago, then yeah. you'd take the 20th Century Limited down to Grand Central, and then you'd you'd uh, have an hour, hour and a half to you'd go. Get on the commuter runner. line. Yeah, no, you'd go to Times Square yeah. and just go, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. This is in the 60s. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Where, where am I? And then you'd run back to Grand Central and you'd get on this special two car train that took you to Kent School for Boys. Right to the school? Yeah. And you never left <laughs> that was until it. the holidays. <laughs> you couldn't go to town. You couldn't do anything. Yeah. It was just very strict. The train's so great. I took it after college. I, you know, I had some sort of romantic beatnik idea about taking the train from uh, New York to New Mexico. 
and I crapped out in Austin. I was like, I'm getting on a plane. So did you go to Chicago and then down? Yeah. yeah. I went yeah. Chicago and I think all the way down to Memphis and across the bottom. Oh, 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 Southern Pacific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because I know I ended up in Memphis. But Chicago was great. It's a great station to go into. Yeah. It must have been much different, though, in the 60s. You oh, just, it was incredible. It was still beautiful, but it was, you know, this was 1987. Was it Amtrak by then? Uh, yeah, 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 it was, it was definitely Amtrak. Because back when it was not Amtrak, yeah, when it was you know the Santa Fe, yeah, it was just it was sort of had some linens and silverware and really still chefs that made meals and no kidding, yeah, it was really spectacular. Oh, that's a great experience to have yeah. had. Yeah, so well, you go to the boys' school. You're, what are you? Sportsman? Basketball saves my life. I just loved it. It was my passion. You killed in the basketball. Uh, he, yeah. for, in a small school kind right. of way. Yeah, it was pretty good. And then. Uh, Stanford. I went to Stanford University. Well, that's from good. You got into a good college after, you know, after all. But literally, yeah, did nothing at Stanford or to get there. Both. You, it was I, all basketball. Some, I was never a. Gr- I'm not a great student. Yeah, but uh, because I kind of know I'm not a great sc- student, I'm kind of. Uh, I don't really care. Yeah. About tests and yeah. exams i find them kind of like a puzzle kind of yeah. fun because right. i'm probably not going to do great on it and right i don't beat myself up about that so really? i test really high so i used to get into things you test high just because you you gotta you, you gotta interest you gotta you like to be challenged by them but you don't freak out about it yes uh, yes yeah. as a matter i got into advanced placement english yeah uh in at stanford university because of tests i took uh, at the end of Kent, yeah. right? And my teacher at Kent said, for someone who has the least amount of native tel- intelligence, yeah. <laughs> you got one of the highest scores, which is a problem because then I went to the advanced placement English class, freshman Stanford, and not only could I not understand what the professor was saying, I had no idea what the student next to me had even asked them. I was so over my head. Really? Yeah. In advanced placement English? Yeah. What what could have been so cryptic? I have no idea. Maybe maybe <laughs> Were you speaking Middle English. The combination of words, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have not had the experience with English except for Middle English when you're reading those old poems. You know, I'm fairly smart. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not someone who can impress you with my intelligence. Sure. No, you I know? get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. But people who impress you with their intelligence usually are boring as batshit. Sometimes, yeah, I think that's true, or else they make you feel If like, they're trying to impress you with their intelligence, then right. I'm, I'm out. The ones that, I, I shouldn't make generalities, the yeah. ones that I enjoy the most yeah. or appreciate the most are the people that don't make me feel stupid. Right. That their ideas, no matter how brilliant, are communicated to me in a way- Absolutely. Where I go, oh wow, of course, I or, understand. Or they, or they encourage, or they sort of spark you to be like, I gotta figure yeah. out what the fuck that was. Because if I'm not understanding your communication and you're communicating yeah. to me, then fuck you. Right. And if you're doing that on purpose, fuck yeah. you again. Yeah. yeah. You're trying to condescending fucker. Yes. <laughs> I know exactly that feeling. It happens less as we get older, though, doesn't it? The witch. The being, being condescended to by you know, super Yes, smarty. you know, you do get a pass if you've been around. I've reached the Mr. Danson stage of my career, <laughs> and I'm getting a lot of passes. I really am. That's what you work for. Yeah. You know, you, you, things that used to bother you don't anymore, and people give you yeah. a pass. It gives, yeah. It's the freedom of aging. So when do you get into acting? How does that happen? Okay, then I go to Stanford, and I think basketball, basketball. So I what, step, what position do you play? Uh, forward. Yeah. 
at six two. Yeah, and that's uh, short, right? Yeah, very short, and could I and maybe on a good day touch the rim. Mm-hmm. So we're not talking about a jumper. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking any real <laughs> skills to be honest. Just loved it, 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 passionate. It, it, yeah. So I show up. So this to, is but this is a theme with you both in in scholastic yeah. work, just passion and the yeah. and the challenge of of tests, and then with basketball. I have no real talent. I at anything really, except I'm a great appreciator. I appreciate like crazy. I will make you feel good. I'm a yeah. good cheerleader. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's really basically what I have to offer the world. <laughs> I will appreciate the hell out of you. Yeah, I, but no, do you, you have the talent? Let's not uh, di- let's yeah. not diminish the. But I look mean, at look, the first thing I talked to you about was Sam Malone and his job. My job as an actor was to appreciate the people around me. Right, I'm really good at that. Okay, but you know you've done other parts, so it's I have. let's not let's not no, come, right, come unglued here. All right, I'm I'm being a little silly. <laughs> no, you're not being silly, but I, I I mean I don't like either you. As a creative person and as somebody in an actor, uh, that I, I would imagine if you think too much about it, you're like, "What do I do? What do I do? do you know what I mean?" But you, you obviously have a talent. Yes, I like make believe. I like to pretend. There you I, go. I, I like, and yes, that's that. That is essentially what act, what acting is. Yes, of course. So you're at Stanford and pretending that I'm a basketball player, and I go out. But yeah, it seems like he actually did that. I he went pulled to the it fresh, off. No, I went to the freshman tryouts <laughs> no. for freshman basketball yeah, right. the same year that Lou Alcindor was a freshman at UCLA. Uh-huh. So I I, st- I didn't even step on the court. I came up to the kind of the line. Yeah. And I just watched these people play for right. about two minutes and turned around and watched. <laughs> sobbed a little, <laughs> choked, choked back tears. And, and then uh, about a year and a half later at Stanford stumbled into an audition following some girl I wanted to take out who had an audition yeah. and I went can I come with you and I it was just like light bulbs music yeah sledgehammer over the head it was just oh it was bump. just for the the non theater school production of something like what was it for uh it was for Bertolt Brecht's Mann East Mann. Wow. And I got the smallest part you could yeah. get in it and still be in the play. It was kind of cool there because they had, for about three or four years at Stanford, they had a small repertory of professional actors there. Yeah. And so they would help teach classes. It oh, was yeah. really an amazing time. But then everyone said, and I pulled up my station wagon to the back of the studio theater and slept there. I just never left. Literally, I never went to any other classes. I just, and people said, if you're serious, you should go back east. Then I went to Carnegie Mellon to really seriously study acting. So you, you finished at Stanford and then- No, I transferred after two years. To Carnegie Mellon, to mm-hmm. the act, that's, the, that's, that's a big one. That's yeah, a that's one. A, that, was, that was like Juilliard, yeah. the Northwestern, you know, that was- so was it an undergraduate program or a graduate? Undergraduate. Program? So you, you stayed there another what uh-huh. couple of years? Two and a half, three and a half years. Yeah, as a transfer student, I, yeah. I could leave in three years. And that was where you put the craft together. That's where you learned how to do well, it. Well, kinda, kind of. And then New York, I studied uh, again. Um, I studied with a student of Sandy Meisner, who was the neighborhood playhouse. Sure, one of the great teachers. Of yeah, acting. Meisner, Meisner yeah. method. Yeah. Uh, I've talked to people about the Meisner method. You have, yeah, yeah. The repetition, repetition. Looking at, well, yeah, yeah, looking at each other, words yeah. over and over again. You got a mustache. I have a mustache. You have a mustache. I have a mustache. <laughs> you have a mustache. I have a mustache. 
yeah, you're resigned <laughs> to your mustache. <laughs> and we're out. <laughs> we just lost everyone. Yeah, no, I got it. That's good. That's the best Meisner exercise I've done. But you found that helpful. Totally. That that kind of changed. Uh, I loved everything at Carnegie and learned a great deal. And had but you learned movement. But Carnegie's like structured, right? Yes. You had dance. You had you know voice. You had speech. You had acting. You had everything. But we got to get up and act every yeah. day. You got up and acted. So it was. You got to play leads great. and everything. So no, I never did. It's weird. How yeah, is that possible? You're... I know. See, this is the phony fraud part of my brain when it comes to acting. I was never in a Shakespearean play. Uh, as soon as people start talking about Shakespeare, yeah. I start to sweat and think. Oh, I hope nobody asks me anything. Yeah, in the same way, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. So do you feel, that makes you feel like a fraud. A little bit. The Shakespeare thing. A little bit. You've never, and to this day? I mean, I love acting so much. I yeah. love being part of this community. Yeah. And I always, I, I, this is probably true for many actors, I yeah. always feel a little bit outside of the group. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, well, who do you consider to be the group? Like, who, who's the head of the group right now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you know, it's, I, <laughs> I I'm imagine not that group sure. changes. I'm not sure, but they can talk acting forever. Yeah, and directors and writers, and uh -huh. I get a little bored. Uh, I right, love. Let me. I, I, I mean, I'm wait. I'm talking. I have to see if I really believe what I'm saying. Um, I do feel like an outsider when it comes to serious actors. Oh, that's true. Huh? But then theater, then, New York. Uh, right. Bill Hurt. Bill. Who? William. Uh, yes. Sir. William. Uh, who I? You know. I'm correcting uh, you, and you know him. You call him Bill, <laughs> and I just want to make sure people know who you're talking about. I call him William. I don't know what William you call William Hurt him. was, Bill. for me, a source of guilt for a long time. I sh should not never use anyone like that, but it was like, what would Bill Hurt do? Oh, he wouldn't take this part. Well, who cares? I, I, take, I, I get know. that. I can see that. So, like, yeah. you know, you do Body Heat with him, and at that time, he, you know, he was like- uh, Altered States. Altered he States. Was huge. He was huge because, and there was, I remember reading, a, I was into him, and I remember reading a Rolling Stone yeah. Yeah. article about oh, him, yeah. this sort of tormented, you know, intense, like, the big chill. But, yeah. the, but you know, the weird thing is, is that, you know, uh, as, as people get older, their craft or, or whatever they are, it, it becomes rooted in a personality, and they and you can start to see their ticks and habits that that are rep right. that are right. repeated right. throughout roles, and and their yeah. range varies. But you know, you start to see the person is just a person. Yes, and yes. and it's sort of interesting that yeah. I don't know if you that's found that. True. No, that's true. You're 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 absolutely. We have very few character actors who totally disappear. Uh, right. Alec Guinness. You know, and or Merle Streep, yeah, and she does, and she yeah. doesn't totally disappear, but she's pretty close. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, but it seems like most actors are are, are people that like even like uh, Richard Jenkins, who's a great character actor, but right. he, you know, he doesn't, he's not. Uh, I remember you guys talking about that. Yeah, yeah he, he just shows up. Yeah, and you you wear a different outfit. This, <laughs> yeah, the make believe a, circumstances are different. Right, and uh, right, he's yeah. very practical about yeah. it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a different type. Of, I. I don't know. Like, I imagine the biggest challenge for actors is to realize that they are of this type of actor. That you know, there are types of actors. Yeah. Their their yeah. approaches are different, and you know, and some people have you know are just you know freaks in terms of what they can or can't do or what they want to challenge themselves yeah. with. Yeah. But a lot of people just sort of like they like to play guys. You know, that do things. What <laughs> you know what I mean? You need yes. those guys. I I usually suck the material down to my level. <laughs> Pull it down to 
to me. <laughs> but you, but you, it's interesting though, because like it didn't seem like at the beginning you were necessarily going to be a comedic actor, and now you're like a funny guy. Yeah, but I'm the funny guy who makes your really funny material <laughs> funny. I don't fuck up your funny material. Right. But if your material's not funny, you I'm not the it. guy who's going to make it funny. <laughs> and some people can't, you know. And some you, people you, can just you're also you're, you're also good at playing off really funny guys. Yes. Yeah, you're I know, a straight I, man. Yes, I know bit. what to do with Larry David. Right. I know how to push him into a corner until he explodes and comes out more Larry. Do you do that in real life? Yes, going acting with Larry is very much like going out to dinner with him. <laughs> you guys are friends? Yes, and you, you love him, so you yeah. want to make him laugh, and you usually do it by yeah. insulting him somehow. Oh, yeah. That, well, there are people that, you know, that, 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 that comes through as affection somehow. That, you, yes. know, like, you know, once you can disarm them enough to where they, they laugh, what they really want to do is cry. He's and, really you know. a generous laughter. A lot of people who do stand-up are not necessarily... Yeah generous laughter takes right. him a while I, yeah. I think that what you know i've done stand up my whole life and i didn't really start laughing again until i felt better about myself so it's really hinging yeah. on whether or not that stand up will ever feel uh you know uh you know some sort of enough self-esteem to be comfortable yes. laughing at others. yes that's true you that's know really it, smart it can either last a lifetime or maybe it gives yeah. way eventually and you realize you like to laugh yeah the, the real problem with stand-ups is like you get so jaded and you spend so much time in comedy clubs that you only laugh when someone else is doing badly. <laughs> <laughs> there is something wonderfully funny, though, when a moment oh. goes wrong. Oh, Even yeah. if you're in that moment. Yeah, yeah. It's not just other people. I mean, we used to have hysterics on Cheers when something all week had been killer right. funny. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you deliver the, the killer funny and the audience is like, you can hear a pin drop. Nothing. And, it, and it's like, falling into through a trap door and it's so fucking funny that you just fell through a trap door that we would all roll on the ground with hysterics and the audience wouldn't know why no <laughs> you got cocky you got well it's so funny because i was thinking like becker that character becker that you did for a long time too that i mean those are the two shows you did the longest right cheers and becker yeah yeah he, he's sort of a larry david character in a way the kind of yeah. a cranky you know, guy that's annoyed at everything. Dave Hackle wrote that, and it was such a. It was so good after having such a, a you know, a memorable Sam Malone like character to yeah. play. It was great to have something that was equally strong in a different direction. Um, yeah. And how do you how do you like approach roles? So, I mean, like as an actor, do you make decisions? I mean, what are the decisions you make? I mean, when you're not playing yourself, which is never because basically. I, Sam, I play Sam Malone became a doctor. Sam Malone <laughs> works for the police. So you and started the CSI. Sam Malone. Sam Malone. You started Sam Malone. <laughs> you don't start a Ted Danson. No, it's all how Sam would, Malone. How would Sam handle this? How shall I do my hair? But how like would yeah. Sam do my hair. <laughs> but you know, with Larry, you're you're an elevated out party of yourself. Yeah. But it's not really you, right? No. What you know? What I do? It's not really Larry either. I met him once. I'd no. like to interview him, but he doesn't seem to want to. But uh, I met him once. He's a lot nicer than he is. Uh, He's got a huge heart of gold. Mary Mary once told him and almost brought tears to his eyes. She said, "If I were ever really in trouble, yeah, I, you'd be one of the first people I'd ever call." <laughs> he has a huge, generous heart of gold. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's nice. Very sweet. Very yeah. Kind. Is he, he hides it well. Yes. Yeah, no, no. He is a he is Looney Tunes when it comes to social niceties. Yeah. He does things like 
let's all go out to dinner. Yeah. Great. And we all show up at the time at yeah. 8.30. And he is sitting at the table halfway through his entree because he decided he'd rather do something else <laughs> later that evening. And as you sit down, he's yeah. saying goodbye. Really? And, and literally, without any problem. Yeah. You won't accept uh, invitations to people's homes for dinner anymore because you it's too hard to get out of. Yeah. In a restaurant, you can do what he does. Oh. You know? So and there's you, part you, of you that just wants to go, you know, grab him by right. the lapels and throw him on the ground and, yeah, you know. Like, what the fuck's the matter with you? Yeah. Yeah. So you do it with humor. Right. But that's your job. So you, you just have to put up with that. Or make fun or laugh or But, you, but you're talking holes. about it like this is a person that he's got this weird problem <laughs> where you, you know, we're always friend and we just didn't have to adapt to it. Part of you admire it yeah. too. Yeah, right, right. Because yeah. you kind of wish you had come early and had your entree. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you all just sit there without him then? He just goes away and then- Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. And that's just the way he is. That's just the way he is. So- let me go back and answer your question because I approaching I, roles. I, yeah, yeah. I if you have to learn how to do something, you know, shoot a bow and arrow, and you're not good at it, so you practice. Right. You practice the stuff you don't know how to do. I should say not you, but I practice the stuff I don't know. How right. To do. But then, it, to me, it's if if it's really good writing. Yeah. I just keep trying on the words over and over and over and over and over and over again, and the words start to play you. If they're good words, they yeah. start to play you kind of like an instrument. And right. You just go with where they're leading you. Right. And good writing does that. Good writing is just delicious. You just hop on board. And, I think that's true, yeah. You know. Right, and you just kind of work it until, yeah. Yeah, until it locks in because yeah. Yeah, all, the, it, all the emotions should be in that, right? They yes. should be there somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and good writing they are. And like I would imagine, then when in, in playing car- like in like bored to death or playing comedy that isn't three camera comedy but has a little breath to it, you play it straight, right? You, you're not you're not milking anything. No. But you you realize the idiosyncrasies of the character. Like in the the character in bored to death is a very odd wealthy man, right? Yes. yes. And in the dynamic between you and Schwartzman was great, but you know you know you, like you, th- that character was like, what's wrong with this guy? A little bit, but but you know it was very earnest. And it, it was perfect for me. That's the other thing. If you're lucky, you yeah. find roles that are slightly, you know, that are perfect for what you're going through in life. And uh-huh. that was me at 60 going, I still want to be relevant. Don't leave me behind. What are you guys doing? I want to be with you. You guys are young. I want to be, you know, yeah. I want a colonoscopy. Yeah. So, so it worked out. Yeah. But when you do something like, I mean, you did like 80 some odd episodes of CSI. Ooh, that was hard. <laughs> the people were incredibly sweet. Yeah. I really, yeah. I, I loved going to work. Yeah. But it was so hard because it was like, it was like doing a, a soap opera. Yeah. You know. Which you have you, done before. Which I had done. And it was the scariest, I've ever, scariest acting I've ever been involved with. You started, soap opera. was that like your first job? Yeah. Why was it scary? Because there's no humor. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. There's no, you right. know. If you were to hiccup or something, it, yeah. you, would, you would bring the tape to a grinding halt. <laughs> right. And you were repeating yourself, you know, yeah. the scenes where you remember what I said to you just like two seconds ago yeah. and then how I reacted that yeah. way. You know, so there's nothing natural right. about it. You're imparting information that you want the audience to remember. Right. 
And that's the same thing on CSI. You are constantly wanting them to follow each little scientific detail. So if you tell a joke or try to be funny at the end of a scene, yeah. that gets cut because you don't want people laughing at the end of the scene. You want them remembering So they can do the, the, the weird the, and yeah. suspenseful music. Yeah. And then so it was really hard, really hard. And But did you? why'd you do it? Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, partly to see if I could. Uh-huh. Um, partly because I had a home in Martha's Vineyard that we were going to have to sell. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't do it? And this sounds disrespectful. I made great friends, loved the writers, and yeah. I'm so grateful for right. what CSI right. gave Right, good job. You know, it's a but job. it was one of the hardest. That's also true. It's one of the hardest jobs yeah. that I've ever done for me, Ted. Right. And it was also paid me really well. So I don't, that sounds sure. cynical or bad, but it was great. They were very kind. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you were in a position where you know, like it, it, a job that is challenging and, and it may not seem like the thing you want to do is something that is available to you. And as an actor, you can do it. It's right. an acting job. Yeah, and, and you and need it to work a lot. You know, right? it taught me. You know, I'm I kind of bob and weave, and I'm usually my characters are are me or tilted a little bit to one side yeah. or the other. I'm never just John Wayne straight up and down. Right. You had to be straight up and down doing CSI. Yeah. You know, you were supposed to be a leading man. You weren't supposed to be bobbing and weaving. You were supposed to be standing and <laughs> delivering. Yeah. Holding your ground. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is terrifying to me. So I, I learned a lot by doing it. <laughs> Holding your ground. It's hard, huh? Oh, I understand that. But you, like, you came up doing all these, like, little, like, you, you were on all, all the weird little TV shows. Yeah. Laverne and Shirley, Benson, Magnum, like, you were doing bit parts. Yeah. So you, after, what was it, after New York, you just came out here and dug in? Yep. I would, but even, I would, in New York, uh, I'd be doing something, a play. Yeah. And I would go be an extra in a commercial. I really didn't care. I didn't care if I was acting in class or acting being paid. Yeah. All I wanted to do is act, and truthfully, that's still my truth. Yeah, maybe you love the, it. Maybe not the pay part. I, I like being paid a little. Right? No, pay's great. You know, but like it's interesting because it, you know I started doing it a little more. You know, coming this new show Glow on on Netflix, right. and I'd done a show that was centered around me for IFC. But like I kept trying to think as a comic and as a guy who does what I'm doing now, and it's just a, a, a kind of a guy who just engages spontaneously in things. The job of acting. The, like, the one thing that I locked into was that, you know, when you do a lot of sitting around and you do a lot of coverage and you know that. Right. So like if you like acting a lot, you, you have to sort of be excited every time when it's your turn. Right. Right. You can't just right. be like, oh, fuck. Man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like you really and I started to realize that I'm like. Instead of like complaining that you know, to myself that I'm I'm here for 13 hours yes. and I'm I'm shooting you know, maybe three minutes yes. of this that like when I do get my shot I should enjoy it because that's the fun of acting yes yeah. but that's TV too and live TV is different than you know than not live TV yeah but you don't do a lot of stage shit do you uh-uh. none no I'm too chicken at this point I'm too chicken. I'd do it if I, I if Mary and I yeah. could find something to do together. Yeah. And it wasn't about needing to fill the coffers kind of thing, but yeah. just go off and do something together. Yeah. I would do it. Uh-huh. Um Yeah, I had a I had one of those stick your finger in a light socket zap uh on stage 
maybe 10 years ago. Do you know really? the Atlantic Theater? I do, in New York. Yeah, yeah. Mammoth's Place. Yes. Yeah. And Neil Pepe, uh, Mary McCann. Uh -huh. yes. Anyway, they were doing a, a two, uh, or maybe a month yeah. of uh, celebrating all their 25 years of being in business. And so they had 25 playwrights uh -huh. write anything they wanted. It could yeah. be 20 minutes long, it could be a musical, it could be one act, whatever you want, write it. Um, and they asked me if I'd be part of it, so I did. And I got a 20-minute monologue right. that was brilliant. Yeah. It wasn't a lot of rehearsing. You just kind of throw it together, and then you do it for a week. Right. You know? And I saw, I came in to rehearse for a day with Neil Pepe, the artistic director, and I uh -huh. saw someone performing that night, their bit. Yeah. And he went up, uh, because there's no real rehearsal. He went right. up for a line. So he yeah. called for a line. Yeah. And instead of it being whispered from the you know, from the stage, yeah. it was in the back of the house from the booth over a microphone. Yeah. So there was no hiding. And I thought, <laughs> oh, fuck, okay, I better, I better at least be clever if I have to ask for a line. So this was a 20-minute, speedy, fast, verbal monologue yeah. about a guy just... Every day, he, he he's trying to remember how, how his day started, yeah. and by the and he he's troubled, and there's he's trying to work something out, and by the end of the day, he's starting to remember in his recounting his day that he actually that his basement in his home yeah. is hell, the literal hell. Yeah, that yeah. he walks right. downstairs into hell. So this every is the night. conceit of the monologue. Yes, yeah. right. So anyway. Uh, I psyched myself out opening night. I walked out and literally probably 9.5 seconds in to this 20-minute monologue, I just freeze. Uh, and, it's, this, uh, and it is like sticking your finger in a light socket. My entire body is going, you know, with, with adrenaline. Room full of people? Yes, room full of people. Uh, my daughter's there. Oh, my poor daughter. She's watching this. Should I cry? Fuck, I can't believe this. I'm so mad. Don't be mad. You're going to have to think of something. You know? In a it's split like, second, your mind yeah. just freaks. Yeah. I could get up and leave. Yeah. No, I can't. So I, I say to Darcy, the- uh, In the booth? In the booth, yeah. stage manager. Darcy, <laughs> what happens next? That's your opening. Yeah. So Darcy has just sat down with her coffee going, yeah. you know, hasn't even opened the book yeah. probably. Goes, right. Oh, jeez. Thumbs through. Tries to find my line. But she gives me the line that I had just finished saying before I forgot the uh, next line. Yeah. So like an idiot, I took that and said the one line and then went, actually, <laughs> Darcy, it's the next line I need. <laughs> Oh, I had so much adrenaline running through my body that my poor daughter afterwards, and it was actually brilliant because I was so panicked, I was actually as panicked as my character, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, afterwards. Yeah, afterwards, uh, after the 9.7. But you got through it? I got through it, and it was all fine and good, and I did it for the week. But my daughter literally had to walk me around a block in New York drinking like one of those huge liter bottles of water because yeah. I had so much toxic adrenaline in my body. I was toxic like shaking. Adrenaline. I was shaking. Wow. So when you say you're going to do another play, <laughs> part, part of my body kind of. <clears throat> when was that? Ten Tell, years ago. That happened ten years ago. Yeah. And, Let me just do a quick Neil Pepe, sweet Neil Pepe, the artistic yeah, director. Right. Saw it happen, and he said, 
to, after the show, why don't you come t- with me and we'll c- go to the stage a half hour early and we'll work together. Because you had to do this how many times? Five nights in a uh-huh. row. Um, and he sat me down and I did the monologue and literally every time I got to that 9.5 second mark, that word, my body just jolted to a stop. And he just got me to say it over and over and over and over and over and over. Just because of that experience of the first, the trauma. The trauma. It was like post-traumatic stress. It was Uh like, so that that night when I did it, my body went at that same place. But he had taught my mouth to keep flapping. Oh, yeah. That I got past it. Interesting. Yeah. Saved my life. Anyway. But did you ever do extensive stage work? Uh, In New York, I did... A year and a half of Tom yeah. Stoppard, two one acts um, after Magritte and the uh-huh. real Inspector Hound, and that they were some of the funniest parts. Sure, that year, but that uh, was it. Then I did a Broadway one night stand, yeah. that open and closed in one night. Oh, really? <laughs> and I did some theater in the park, but that was it. Uh huh. Yeah. Did you like doing that, or did you, did yeah, you know? no, I mean, and everything I. Everything I did at Carnegie Mellon was theater training. Yeah. It was it was meant to send you out in yeah. the repertory company world and we just didn't. We all went to New York. But it might be fun to do something with Mary Hunt. Huh? It would. It would. It is fun. But it is so all consuming. If you do a play at yeah, night, yeah, you're yeah, into, yeah. you wake up preparing oh, like, oh, for God. that. Here hour. we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would hate to you know, be with my wife, who I love hanging around and doing nothing oh, and with, turn it t- and turn it into a just neurotic like day. Mess. Of, yeah, no. But if we did it together, it'd be all right. You hope. Maybe, maybe you don't push it. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let it happen. <laughs> uh, don't steer yourself in the wrong direction. You know, things are going all right. So you know the um, how many times? This is your th- uh, how many times you've been married? Three. Yeah, this is a good one though, right? Yes. Okay. You yeah. get along with the other ones? Uh, or you don't need to? Uh, first marriage was, if if it had been emotionally mature and right. honest, it would have been, hey, I'm scared. We met at, Car- at Carnegie. Oh, okay. Yeah, Got yeah. married there. It was like, hey, I'm scared to go to New York, New York by myself. Are you? Oh, great. Let's let's right. get an apartment together. Yeah. That would have been the truth. And right. Somehow we got married. So remain good friends. Oh, that's good. Don't see each other, but. You know, yeah. Left. Uh, no kids with that one. Actually, the the no, and the separation moment was brilliant because she was learning how to sign. Yeah. Uh, the death. Oh yeah. Uh, oh for really? A part. Oh yeah. She was doing at the circle and the rep, and so she would work on it, and then she would teach me, and uh-huh. we would be doing stuff for a couple months. And signing. Then finally, yeah, signing. And uh, finally, one night, I said, "Let's have a real conversation," because I'll probably follow more closely if it's real. And then forty-five minutes later, we were, div- you know, separated. <laughs> <laughs> you did it in sign? Yeah. Because you didn't have time, you didn't have words to dick around with, you know, uh, that a surplus a- of words, so you just got right to it. And that's what she chose to do. Yeah, we, we both did. And it was very sweet, because it was like, the question was, where do you want to be five years from now? And both of us came up with somewhere else, <laughs> knowing you were okay. Yeah. It was very sweet. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That seems, that, that would have liked to have seen that. Yeah. That whole... That 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 seems like an an interesting device for a a, a a play. Yeah, people learning sign and then only being able to have that like really communicate emotionally. Yeah, because yeah. you can't cheat. Yeah, you can't you manipulate. Can't. Yeah, or yeah, exactly. Or squirm out of it. Yeah, weasel. <laughs> Your hands don't lie. That's right. 
That's really, that's something. And the second wife, you had a couple of kids. A couple of kids, years. yes. 15 years and uh, then met Mary and... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. You had, had that thing love. with Whoopi too. I remember yeah, that. That's true. <laughs> that's accurate. Yeah. yeah. There's so many, everyone's still, uh, 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 you know, up and around and walking. So it's very hard to talk about. Sure. Uh, but uh, uh, it was a big moment in my life. Are, do you, are you guys friends? Uh, no, not really. I mean, yeah. nothing unfriendly right, uh, right. went on, but no, yeah. no. You know, it, it, unless your previous, the person you're dating or with yeah. or whatever embraces your new person you're with right. and you all become these best buddies, you're, you're not going to stand well, this long, Right. Not. Well, yeah, as long as there's, it's not hostile. That, no, Because I ask people a lot of times, I assume everyone, like, but I look at my own life. And I'm like, how many friends do you really have? I mean, you know a lot of people, and yeah. you may have had relationships with a lot of people, but how yeah. many do you really have time? How many are you talking to? Yeah, three, exactly. four, two. Yeah. Yes. And then so, occasionally you're like, holy shit, that guy called? Yes. I haven't talked to him in six years. I love that guy. You have a lot of people you go, hey. <laughs> <laughs> when I see you next time in line hey. on a red carpet, That's I'll okay. give you a hey, and I'll give you also a hug. Okay. Which will buy some time for me to go, Mark. 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 Dude. <laughs> we had such a good time in the garage. How's everything going? Good for you. So, all right. So, you know, NBC was kind of funny about The the Good Place, and my girlfriend loves the show. And uh, they were funny in that they, they were, they, I, I felt like they were, oh, I wanted to ask you something else, though, before I got to that. You work with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Jack Lemmon. I did, yes, yeah. In the movie, in the movie called it was funny. There was a period there where they were you were going to be the the new guy in the movies in the eighties, yeah, the funny movies. Yeah, I fin I, I finished that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I handled that. <laughs> like there's some I, like I was looking through your stuff and I'm like a fine mess with Howie Mandel. They yeah, that was that, both of you. That was the big shot, right? Yeah, you, that that did not go well. I was thrilled <laughs> that I got to work with Blake Edwards, who uh -huh. was like a legend. Yeah, but. uh no, that he he was kind of depressed. Blake uh, I was, mean, yeah. I mean, for real. I think he had uh, Epstein Barr or something like that. So he would come out of his. Trailer. That was popular for a while. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he came out of his trailer yeah. and and he say, "Let me see what you're gonna do," and you. This is rehearsal, and so you for bit this. comedy bits. Yeah, no, yeah. for the movie. Yeah, and and so we would run the scene. And he goes, is "That how you want to do it?" Um, yes. And he'd go, okay, light it, and walk off. He'd come back to the set once it was lit, and he'd say, action. And you would do the scene, he'd say, cut, and he'd walk back to his trailer. And Blake Edwards, um, his kind of style was that roving master where something, people would be talking in the foreground and something funny would be happening in right. the background. Yeah. So he rarely did... Uh, uh, coverage where you would come in and do a single and a right. two shot and things like that. So literally every time he said action, you were in the movie. There was no retakes. There was no take two. Literally everything you did, that, that one shot you huh. had at it was in the movie, which is very exciting. But if the script isn't quite working or the story's not quite working, then the movie has these huge. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember it. The movie. No, you wouldn't have. It, it came and went very and, quickly. But Jack Lemmon, it seems to me that, like, though I did not remember seeing Dad either, 
and this is not a, right, right, right. An, an indictment or, 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 or judgment, but but it seems like people who worked with Jack Lemmon would have a, a tremendous experience as yes. an actor. You know, well, did you? Was, yes, yes, and it was Jack Lemmon. Yeah, you know, like what? What do you? What do you? What, what was it like watching someone like that? What do you well, glean first from off, that? It was he was. I guess it, uh, I would have to go with the delight. Yeah, of performing, he was a ham bone. Uh huh. Sometimes. And he would had no shame. Yeah. So he would chew up scenery, and <laughs> and you would almost not <laughs> say your next line. You were so dumbfounded that, really, are you going to do that? But well, because that he had that much delight yeah. and freedom to allow himself to do that, yeah. You know, when he brought it back a smidge or something, yeah. he would he would knock your socks off. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. It was like. Well, he had that way of kind of like almost a bumbling, through, like like yes. he just yes. keep going ish. Yes, yeah. No, he. I was. I'm thrilled I got to work with Blake Edwards. I'm thrilled I got to work with Jack Lemmon. I mean, part of the fun part about whatever success you've yeah. had in life is who you get to meet, sure, talk to, hang yeah. around, yeah, work with, yeah. You know? And Jack Lemon was certainly one of those. Yeah, I guess. It's, it yeah. is sort of interesting, just because me, I'm sort of I'm new to to acting in any regularity. But like when I'm with Allison Brie and I'm doing scenes with her, yeah. there's part of me that's sort of like, oh, she's so good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you're in a scene, and you're yeah. like, oh, she's really doing it. She's really doing it. Why am I thinking this? I must not be doing it. Does that happen to you? Sure, sure. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. One of the things when you're working with a legend or someone you admire hugely, yeah. it's you got to get over it pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm, I'm not but, intimidated by it, but I'm always sort of like there are moments where I'm listening. Or it's usually yeah. you're into coverage, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so you've done the scene a couple yeah. of times, yeah. yeah. And then like you just have that moment where you're just an audience because yeah. you're, you're doing yes. their coverage, yeah. yeah. And you're, sort and you're of like, off camera, right? And you're like, yeah. this is amazing. You know? <laughs> and, I, and I don't always know when I'm on or off camera, which is probably good. good. I should probably know when I'm on, no, but I don't good. always know like who's it, where are we? You know, it's yeah. behind me, right? Well, that's I'm, good. Yeah, yeah. But okay, so NBC, like uh, my my girlfriend watches The Good Place and and loves it, and 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 fortunately they were concerned that there would be spoilers, and I and my producer said, oh, well, I don't think Mark's watched it, so you get to tell me what this show is, and we don't risk spoilers. But even when my girlfriend is explaining to me that you know, well, it's not really heaven, but he's sort of a demon or an, like it was like, what was the pitch for you to take the job, and what is it? Great. Okay, so. This is Mike Shore. Yeah. Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah. And he also did many seasons of The Office. Right, right. So he, uh, this was the pitch. Um, yeah. Do we wait for airplanes like we do when we're acting? No, not really. No, okay. <laughs> hold, hold, hold for plane. <laughs> or at least let's get a shot of it so yeah. they can see it. Okay. Uh, okay, we're back. Um, and it's lunch. No. Uh, all right. So, so um, okay. It's got to get my brain around this because it's it seems complicated. It's it's complicated. People like it's it wonderful. though. It's yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, takes place in the afterlife. Mm -hmm. I play the architect of this neighborhood because the afterlife is made up of hundreds of thousands of neighborhoods, and I uh, have been an apprentice yeah. for. 200 years and this is my one shot at making this village this neighborhood perfect for the I can't remember how many it is now 290 
people that come up to the community. Mm-hmm. Each one is filled, and you uh, have your soulmate there. It is I. It's perfect. Everything yeah. is just the perfect. Dream. Right. And um, Eleanor, uh, the character Eleanor shows up. Yeah. Kristen Bell. Yeah, she's and great. It turns out that she is actually a clerical heir. So she's she's actually kind of a mediocre to bad person. Mm-hmm. And through a clerical heir, she comes up to the my neighborhood. But because that's like a grain of sand in this perfect Swiss watch, yeah, everything starts to go nuts and go crazy. I mean, you know, trees oh, fly. Yeah, yeah. That's I funny. Mean, everything yeah. gets, gets nuts. Yeah. And so I'm uh, overwhelmed and over my head because I wanted to create the perfect. Yeah, you know, this is out of your I'm, hands, I'm, I'm out middle, of your control. I'm middle manager, right. so I'm trying to solve it. And everybody is starting to suffer. All of my, uh, uh, you know, the four main characters yeah. are uh, are all unhappy and and getting challenged and and neurotic and everything's going wrong. And yeah, I, you, and it's my fault. <laughs> then you discover halfway through the season, she confesses she's not supposed to be there. So then I realize it's not me, and so. We're going to have to send her to the bad place. Yeah. It goes like that. By the end of the first season, what you discover is Eleanor, Kristen Bell, figures out that they this is the bad place and yeah. that I'm actually a demon. Uh-huh. And it's true. Yeah. And I have been, I go to my superiors and I say, let's not do it the old fashioned, throwing them in lava pits. I can get four people to torture themselves, torture each other psychologically and it'll be so much funnier and it'll be like a living hell for them. Yeah. And everyone says no in the bad place. So I'm on warning. If I fuck this up, my character's really into real trouble. Yeah. And um so then the second season was kind of you got to see behind the curtain and you saw that everyone else except these four humans, all two hundred and eighty other yeah. people, uh were part of my team. They were all People I auditioned from hell to <laughs> you know, big team to play the, for four yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. To play well, yeah. But it, the hell's filled. With people. Hell? Yeah, you got what a lot of people down there. Um, and then it becomes uh, he gets into so much trouble in the second season that he decides to join the humans. And, uh-huh. um, if you can't beat him, join him. Uh-huh. But it's it's what's wonderful about the show, and which is why I think people enjoy it. It's about ethics. It's really truly about what it means to be a good person, uh-huh. their consequences. And, you know, you at the end of your life, there's a point tally to everything you do, every action you take, you know, yeah. whether you buy a sandwich, read a book, whatever, whatever you're doing has a point value, yeah. positive or negative, right. and at the, depending on the, what it puts out into the world. If one of your actions causes something Is this the show or are you telling me this in this real life? This is the show. Okay. This is the show. The point value thing is. Yeah. Because now I think, I thought you were just imparting spiritual wisdom on me. It, but it's, me but it's pretty points. good. It's pretty no, like good. It, like it really it. feels that there are consequences. Yeah, sure. Of course you there know. are consequences either yeah. in you or outside you. Yeah, exactly. So uh, at the end of, your life, those point totals are, you know, added up and yeah. boom, you're either in or you're out. And it's a very high level and all of that. Now, and, but, yeah. so you're, you're imparting that, mm-hmm. but it's wrapped in this kind of nine-year-old's fart humor at the same time. Yeah. So you're making people laugh and it has visual magic because you're in the afterlife. You can do anything. So you can do anything. Yeah. And so you're, it's very, uh, 
you know, in the back door kind of thing. You're really lecturing people about what it is to be good, but you're doing it in such a funny way that it uh, it appeals to young people too, it's not a, just adults. Sure, it seems very like a very cre- like it, it, it's it, those kind of things are always challenging me. But to make it human enough for it to be engaging yeah. on that yeah. level, that's the trick of those things. Because the conceit of it seems very uh, kind of ambitious. It is totally ambitious because literally everything, every, every episode ends with you going, oh, I get it. And then, oh, it gets flipped on its ear. So literally you're like glued to, wait, I thought I had this figured out. Yeah. And I think that's what audiences also really appreciate is never getting ahead of the material. And yeah. You're never ahead of this. Oh, yeah. No, that's good. That seemed yeah. to, like, the, the whole kind of like, I don't know what the hell's going to happen. That, yeah. that seems to be a new thing. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you know, in terms of TV, like that TV is made now specifically to, on any level. You, yes, you cannot guess what's going to happen. Cable did that. Yeah, cable and being able. We only do thirteen episodes, which is very cool because you can create that kind of dynamic with thirteen. Twenty-two, you're screwed. Like The Sopranos, I think, was one of the big ones. Yes. Where you're like, what's going to you know? Yes, but it was cable and yeah. the ability to spend sure uh, you know money and time 10, 20 hours telling one story as opposed to just churning them out. Yeah, like it, what you want is like you want most of it. The old days, it was like most of it has to be predictable. Yes, and I yeah. and I'm tired. And I want to come home and I want to know yeah where to laugh because right I right. laugh there every yeah day. yeah yeah. I mean, some shows they just do basically the same thing over yes. and over again. Yeah. Now you as a person, you, you a spiritual person. Yes. Yeah? Okay. I mean, but then aren't we all? I guess. But I mean, when you talk about the afterlife and we talk about the bad place, are these in your brain? Do you believe these things? I believe that there are consequences. I yeah. believe there are ripple effects. Sure. I believe that, you know. Act- Do you believe after- in going to a good or bad place uh, after I, we're done? I, I, that that becomes like a matter of... Uh, I, I don't even think I would go there in my... I don't go there in my head. Right. So if I yeah, had right. to be nailed... Right. That's if I had to yeah. take an educated guess, yeah. I would guess that this is... It. This... No. <laughs> no. No. Well, good I for would you. Guess, but I don't think the, the next step is anything that would resemble anything that we could even imagine right. from here. So right. So we're not going to sit around on the right hand of God and, you know... Right, whatever it is, be, we might not know no. it. But I, I, I just feel like there, there is, whether it's your essence, your soul, your something mm-hmm. is on a journey. And this, this is you know, your chance to be physical and to be human and to figure stuff out and to learn by suffering or bumping into stuff yeah. or gravity right. or whatever. Right. I would be, that would be my kind of Buddhist Zen guess judeo-christian kind of guess yeah yes yeah but yeah. it doesn't matter yeah you know it doesn't no i yeah. think you lead your life as if it does yeah it's kind of like acting yeah you know you 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 this is imaginary shit you're doing when you act yeah but you do it as if your life depended on it right if you're doing it well yeah you right know, you right. truly do believe your imaginary you know circumstances yeah well that's kind of life to me i think you know do you do that acting do you believe your imaginary circumstances usually yeah or you let it play on you as if it did yeah i need I, sometimes it's like that's a big jump 
Like yeah, yeah. I mean, play on you, but like when the cameras, <laughs> when they like, when they say cut, yeah, you're sort of you're not like you know how do no, I get back? No, no, I agree. And you know, and it's your job is not to be believing your circumstances. Your job is to be present, present, and in and hopefully moment. other people will believe. Yes, <laughs> right. Because there's there's a story right that, that you're telling. That's right. So, that's right. As long as the story is compelling and you're not, yeah. And they're not looking at you going, like, he's not yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, he's not in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of the, I think, the neatest parts about acting. Yeah. You you can rehearse. You can yeah. have great ideas. You can pump iron. You can sh- yeah. learn how to shoot a bow and arrow. But if you are not literally <laughs> in that moment where yeah. you don't know what's going to happen next and you are totally present yeah. as opposed to demonstrating what a good idea I had last night right, when I thought right. about this part yeah. or watch this or this is what audiences love to see. If you're not literally surrendered to I don't know what the fuck's happening next, right. then it sucks. Yeah. Now, you know, we're yeah. all probably, if you're really good at it, you're probably 50-50. Right, right. It's just so sad, though, like, you know, he's playing all that time learning how to do shoot the bow and arrow. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, Let me show you how good I am. <laughs> the movie wasn't good because he was good at shooting the bow and arrow, yeah. but, that, I mean, he didn't feel like he really was the guy doing that. But that's fun. Yeah. And that's, the, that's, that's life. It you, is. You, you do your best you can. That's, I guess that's true. You make mistakes and... Uh, that was fun, right? Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> Say hi to Larry David for me. I will. You know, sometime have me back and w- let me talk about oceans and uh, Oceana and. We can talk about uh, him for a minute. You, no, no, oh, we're in trouble. No, 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 is that what you want to tell me? No, 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 I, I, nothing. I mean, seriously, I, 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 that wasn't a leading thing. I would love to come back and talk to you what I, about what I do when I'm not doing this. What is it? We have time. I'm, I'm not un- rushing you out. No, no, uh, I have to go. I've had it. You've had it. Here's the tease. Yeah. Uh, During the Cheers years, uh, I moved into a neighborhood. It was fighting Occidental Oil, uh, Occidental Petroleum, or whatever it was called, uh, from drilling 60 oil wells in Santa Monica Bay. Yeah. And I became friends and uh, co-worker with the environmental lawyer who was heading that. We succeeded in defeating them, which was astounding, and we enjoyed the conversation so out of that we had with each other mm-hmm. and about oceans. So, I, kind of naively, we went, "Let's start a an organization." And we started American Oceans Campaign, and it was about <clears throat> offshore oil, coastal pollution. We had lobbyists in Washington working with us, and a really good staff of about yeah. twelve people. Then about. That lasted for 15 years, and I was, I was always the actor who said, "Thank you for watching Cheers. C- can I have a moment of your time to talk? Uh, you should hear what this marine yeah. biologist is telling." So I'm not an expert, but right. I was a spokesperson and have kind of learned a lot right. uh, by hanging around these amazing people. Then it merged into a new organization that was founded called Oceana that was truly international. Yeah, we never quite got past Celebrity Boutique environmental organization. Mm-hmm. Oceana is now the largest in the world. Uh, its focus is mostly on overfishing because if you do it right uh, and harvest fish correctly and there, we know what to do to do that, yeah. you could provide a billion fish meals a day if you could quantify 
fish that way. You could provide a billion fish meals a day forever. Yeah, that would take stress off of land animals, off of uh, off of uh, water. Yeah, uh, off of cutting down forests because yeah. you don't have to cut something down to grow something to feed something. You get protein in the most clean way you can possibly get it. Yeah, so that's what we do, and we do it all over the world, and we're having great results. Uh, we're bumping into kind of a bad time here in this country. But it's so, so much fun for me to use that other side of my brain when I'm, you know, when I'm not acting, I'm doing this. Oh, and, yeah, be proactive and do something for the world is great. It's, Again, it's a it great was very, conversation. I've never, you, you know, you put, you know, we've, we're bumping into a bad thing, time here in this country. I, I like how you just kind of you know, brushed right over that, you know, and moved on to like, but we are having successes. Yeah, yeah, no, all over the world, and Except, there is a there is a the rest of the world sure, part yeah. of this bumpy time we're having here. Yeah, you know? yeah, we're, yeah. We're just hoping this bumpy time doesn't infect all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, but well, that's great. I'm glad it's it's having success, and I I eat fish almost exclusively Me too. now. Me too. I don't eat the other stuff anymore. Eat small, eat wild, local, and small. That's the rule of thumb. I eat wild. I don't always know if it's local. I try to, you know, I got I got a fish guy. I go to Yeah. Yeah. And you and, probably is local. Yeah, I think so. Some of it seems to be wild but from farther away. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what what that. kind of fish do you usually eat? Sea bass. Yeah. Dep- I mean, I'm talking on the East Coast. Right. Yeah. Oh, East Coast. Local. Yeah. Wild salmon is just unbelievable. Seasonal though. It is. You know how you can tell in a restaurant when you, you know, it's always embarrassing to say if it's is wild, farm salmon or wild salmon. Farm color. salmon, yeah. Very yeah. orange. Yes, but you also, you look at uh, the side view of it, and if you see white fatty lines running through it, yeah. that's farmed. Huh. Because wild is out there muscling its way. Leaner. The yeah, leaner. Good. Anyway, sorry, this was just a... No, it's I great. Just, I guess I wanted you to know, Mark, uh, you, Mark, to know that this is... This is what I do when I'm not, uh, and we don't have to talk about it, but when I'm not acting. No. But I'm, I love talking to you. Yeah, no, it's a great time. Yeah. I, I enjoy talking to you, too, yeah. and, I, and I like fish, and I, and I like the world, and I like knowing you're doing that. The thing about me that I, I, I'm concerned about is that, like, you know, I need to uh, be involved more than, because, like, a lot of times you think, like, well, I say things, I talk, you know, I'm, I'm helping. Are you helping, though? It yeah, sounds you like are. you're helping. You are. You're, but you're helping. You're, I mean, you're actively engaged in it, and you enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, but this. I feel like so I are you. I, I mean, if you're more. talking to people, want do more. Then, then check out Oceana.org. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thanks, man. Ted Danson, go watch. Uh, get caught up with uh, the Good Place on Netflix. Yeah, I'm going on tour. Well, there's five dates. All right, few parts of the world tour. Check out the dates and cities. On the, on the tour page at WTFPod.com. It all kicks off in London, England at the Royal Festival Hall on April 16th on through Stockholm, Oslo, Amsterdam, and Dublin. Dublin, my future home. Dublin, if... Uh, uh, you know, New Mexico. Uh, but if the country falls the wrong way and I have to run from my neighbors, I'd like it to think it would be to Ireland I can play some guitar I think these strings are dead though man they're dead
Boomer lives. Boomer lives. Big head too. I saw Big Head out there. He's still hanging around, but I know other people are feeding him, so don't freak out, all right? (laughs) 